Ready? I'm ready. (sighs) (laughs) All right. Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maletsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow, and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. Yeah, on the internet, everyone, we are at trustthejourney.today. That's our website, our Instagram, everything. If you would like to join the Trust the Journey family, which is where we continue the conversation beyond the podcast and connect and support each other, donate through Patreon, which is a button on our website as well toward the bottom, and we'll add you to the private Facebook group. Right on, family. Thank you so much, as always, for being with us. Here we go. Right, guys, in this episode, we're doing a second episode on teams. We did one last week and we were like, God, there's so much more to talk about. There's so much more to cover on teams. So today we're going to do deep dive number two on that topic. Awesome. Yeah. So I just came from a three day team environment working with my Flight One family. Uh, it's our military cadre and our corporate um, entity all working together out in Arizona doing our um, biannual military forum, which is a big, it's a big um, get together of everybody where we just review everything we do as a company and all the experiences that everybody has working with all of our clients and we kind of you know, assess everything and we bring a bunch of forward a bunch of ideas and we bring about the information it's a huge team working session right so it's interesting like i wasn't thinking about uh, coming from that straight to this podcast but as it as it goes you know team after team after team after team and <laughs> i think it really um the big reason why uh for me i was like man we really need to do a second episode about this is because we have so much time. Now you, you're the same. I know, Melanie, just team after team after team in so many different environments and different settings. And I felt like it would be so worth it to just expand upon the learnings and the values that we've received through these experiences. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. I, like last week, we started talking about families and then we expanded a bit into our skydiving experience. And... Uh, Interestingly, that the first idea that we're talking about today is like the bigger, a bigger team, you know, certainly sport team, but also business team. Just it's it covers such a scope, such a scope, you know, and I I almost don't even know where to start, to be truthful. I basically I'm not joking, rocked up to this episode. I'm like, OK what I'm going to let Jay start it off and just and then I'm going to riff on where we go because I almost because it's such a wide scope of experience and different things that we could share it almost turns my brain off because I'm like god there's just so much what do you even start with you know what I mean absolutely I appreciate that trust too because I really think that says a lot about the value of team in itself is that very oftentimes when you put yourself in a situation where you do have a team that you can count on 
that is going to have your back that can pick up the ball where you may not know who to pass it to or be ready to make a shot. You can always make a pass to somebody else. So I'm going to um, start off with a, a couple things. Um, I want to do a little review of some of the things we talked about last episode because I feel like it's key to just kind of hit on those points. But I, I do want to start with um, a post, which was, a, I think it was a little gif that one of our um, Trust the Journey family members posted this morning. Annette posted up this really simple little meme, and it's a team thing, right? Where it's this member of the team, a basketball team, has just taken a shot. I guess they missed it or something. And he's walking his chins down, and his teammate runs, it's just running by and just smacks him on the hand, puts his hand under his chin, picks his chin back up, and keeps on walking, you know? Yes. And the, the comment was, you know, I the only kind of members I let on my team kind of thing. And it just yeah. says so much. Oh my God, right? Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, I mean, that we talked about that last week too. Like the idea that choosing teammates and ideally having that culture of support and actual teamwork you know because it's it's it can happen that you don't necessarily have that culture of teamwork inside of a team but what we can do is we can intentionally create that and intentionally be that as leadership inside of our small teams, like really just being committed to supporting one another through the ups and downs and all of those things, celebrating the victories and helping each other and lifting each other up when we're having challenge. Definitely. So some of what we talked about on the last episode, I think one of the key points that came up was we did a lot about the debrief process and we did, which is such a hugely valuable thing. We talked a little bit about the kind of pass the rock idea about improving communication. And we also talked about the idea of working with others who are maybe more advanced skills than us in order to put ourselves next to people to have the ability to learn as well as being the other way around. If you're more experienced and, you know, bringing people up, you know, in that, in that environment of nurture, um, as well as fun. We would definitely hit on the idea of, of, of fun. And we talked about the challenges a little bit too. Um, one of the things I wanted to head this conversation towards today is one of the, th I would say some of the biggest takeaways that I've had in my 25 years of, you know, professional sports teams. It, and it has to do with alignment and having taking the time taken the time to clearly think through communicate establish clarify reestablish reiterate and communicate the goal the mission the vision of whatever the project is that you're working on. And so if I were to use Trust the Journey as an example, I feel like we did a great job and continue to do a great job for our team of constantly keeping that set of our goals, our mission, our vision, and our values in the highest regard as to why we're here and what we're doing. And now why I wanted to put this up on as one of the first points to talk about is I, through my own experience, I feel like it's been both our greatest asset and at simultaneously a worst failing and completely 
been the cause of you know crumble of why a team has fallen apart and failed to you know stand the test of time or continue to have value for its members where other teams have just been absolute you know beautiful examples of what can be accomplished if those things have been um put at the top of the priority list and i'll just round this statement out with saying this has all come through a process of learning. This has been something that definitely didn't start with like first team and be like, all right, guys, what's most important is that we line our goals. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we know so much at the beginning of doing teams. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, yeah, I wanted to put this idea forward to have a little conversation about uh, maybe tell some stories and talk a little bit about our experiences with having highly clarified vision and mission for a group or maybe slightly less clarified or actually coming to realization that our goals are not aligned uh, and how powerful those processes are towards the the iterative process moving forward yeah yeah it's makes me think of startup culture in a business sense because and the the common term of in uh, and this is just one uh, part of quote unquote startup culture that I would speak to is this idea that we start with an idea and we have a vision and a, and a mission and a goal for a product or whatever and, and or service and as you go through the process of learning with your team that idea and its manifestation into reality might change. So this is just pretty common in the entrepreneurial space where some companies, when they recognize that their idea and or its connection or its highest value or highest form, as it were, is another direction, they do what's called pivot. So that calls us to really assessing, that speaks directly to the debrief process, but this idea of pivoting, if the direction really does show itself as changing in a beneficial way for everyone in the world, based on whatever it is you're creating or building or making, it takes courage to do that, to pivot. It takes intention to reflect on the results that you are getting. I, I've had many a conversation with clients, with life coaching clients who are who are business people and entrepreneurial sorts and helping them get past the idea that the original vision and the original idea of whatever a person is creating is the only way for an idea to take shape as in it's not failure if they decide to change so i don't know how much you heard of that jay because <laughs> i know my internet went unstable yeah <laughs> i'm gonna say it again because i think it's actually useful i'll say it in a concise way but basically helping those entrepreneurial clients of mine those business clients of mine get past the idea that the original idea, if it doesn't end up that they get to that original formation of the idea, that that is not failure. 
that that is oh, yeah. simply part of the process of being in business, of being in a creative pursuit, which is I very much consider business and entrepreneurship to be a highly creative pursuit and project. So I, that's one reason I love entrepreneurship and business is that it feels very creative to me. Absolutely echo that without a doubt. I was actually one of the key points that I had brought up for myself to want to talk about is that concept of pivot um, through my own experience. And, and I'll go to the one that's most well known for my own history with PD factory team. The original PD factory team was a four way formation skydiving team, right? It wasn't even a canopy piloting team. It was a free fall team. And uh, Ian and Shannon, my uh, teammates and business partners in flight one, they are some of the original members of that formation skydiving team. And that team made a pivot after I think two years of being the PD factory team for formation skydiving, the company decided, and actually let's reorient this towards canopy piloting. And that's when they brought on myself and Heath Richardson. And the iterative process continued to roll along and took place for a couple of years there. And we switched from Heath left the team and uh, Jonathan joined the team. And in the meantime, Cisco Neary was on the team for a bit and then left the team. And then JC came in and replaced him. So there's membership of the team coming and going and the direction and the goals of the team kind of uh, refocusing, like drawing in to say, oh, what are we actually aiming to do and how's the best way to do it and who are the best people to do it with? So it's a constant, you know, refocusing iterative process and it had a solid pivot in it. And then interesting, I was really thinking about this in, in the last few days is that that team that we kind of ended up with in like, say, 2005 with uh, JC, Cole Clazier, Shannon Pilcher, Ian Bobo and myself, we are all still on an active team together 15 years later. And but we've pivoted multiple times. The goal of the team, the objective of the team has completely changed from being a high performance canopy piloting team to becoming an entrepreneurial company to start a canopy training, a canopy skills training company in what was originally aimed at the civilian market, right? The sport, yep. sport marketplace. And that again pivoted and changed to the military marketplace and having and then completely developing a whole new team and expansion and growth in that area. So just my own review of that process of going, how do we get from A to B with all these changes and turns in the road? But what I want to bring that all back to is how the commonality of the vision, the mission, and the values has kept the group together. Because I really feel like without those pieces, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. It, it really is the, the defining piece because especially when you have such dramatic change, you know, when you start off doing one thing and you end up doing something else, and you're like, hey, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, I, I joined this team to do this goal. We picked something for ourselves. Yep. And that's a tough, that's a tough call to be able to say, do I want to still do this? Or is this uh, value aligned with me? You know, and we've moved through so many versions of what we do. And of course, I'm only using this example as it's one of the most recent and um, 
it's easily easily relevant but there's so many versions of this in our lives you know but whether we are value aligned and whether we have taken the time to really like dig into what it is that we want to get back from these partnerships from these team investments from these you know collective investments of energy yeah yeah gosh it's it's cool because the teammates that's a great example i feel like of how values and those sort of underlying commitments and intentions with the team even when it's pivoting when continue when they continue to be aligned and communicated the teammates can continue forward creating newly still together when they diverge then teammates can go their separate ways for whatever reasons right uh, a good example for me, and this is just a very small example, but uh, Carolyn Chow, one of my very best friends, you can actually see her in the video. <laughs> She's in a giant picture on my wall. Um, if you are not watching the YouTube uh, uh, video, I invite you, friends, to go check it out, see Carolyn. Anyway, so Carolyn and I were on lots of skydiving teams together. It's one of the ways we built our friendship and had so much fun and just just really learned together, grew together, so many of the trust the journey values and stuff like that. Anyway, we've also made uh, so many funny spoof movies. <laughs> I laugh because, oh my God, you guys, I will never not die and cry the sweet, sweet tears of hilarity because of the creative work Carolyn and I have done as a small team creating funny movies. Now, where I'm going with this is obviously we did not continue on skydiving teams. We have since stopped uh, that part of our work together. We still will make funny movies together if we have an idea that will continue into, I think, our later years in life. But what I want to share relative to Carolyn is that when I was a younger entrepreneur and sort of building my self up as a person in personal development and a content creator, as it were, I'm trying to use all the fucking terms of this day and age, whatever. You know, when I was growing as a life coach and that type of, of entrepreneur, I recognized pretty early on, and by the way, didn't solve this problem <laughs> until quite a bit later on, is I was always just the bottleneck. I, I, I always was kind of doing it by myself. It's personal brand. I'm very committed to and and it's difficult was you know felt difficult for me to trust people to bring them on i've shared that on the show before so anyway carolyn and i talked about yeah let's like be kind of partners and let's try to figure out a way for us to partner because she's got some major skills in communication and and teamwork and stuff like that so it was exciting for us we bought the book, The Right-Brained Business Plan, and that's a business planning book for creative minds. And we worked through the whole process. We had sticky notes all over and this and that. We made some videos about 
kind of the expansion project that we were trying to create together. And ultimately, it just didn't work for her to her des desired lifestyle. It was not a problem. She com completely supports me and believes in me. But it became clear once we tried to really create that and, and live into that potential that the active execution of her being a partner in my business wasn't just wasn't a fit for her. And that was no problem. So we just said, cool, I'm glad we tried that. And I'll go forward with a new with a new set of knowledge and go forward and see how I might create teamwork or partnership going forward. So, yeah. It's, I find it to be uh, a true sign of when you really understand each other as team members to be able to recognize to say this isn't what I want, like to say no thank you um, and to let it go is yep. such a it's probably the most powerful piece of the entire process of really knowing when to step back from something. And chances are, I will bet you money that there's a point in the future where there is another point where that path crosses again and there is a where say, yes, this does work for me. It doesn't always go that way, but from my own experience, I've seen that oftentimes like we get a dose of something and our, our goals align for a period and then they don't. And that's completely normal. You know, yeah. it is natural path to be like, oh yeah, we'll walk next to each other for a while and then we'll go our own way, yeah. you know? And then maybe we'll meet up again somewhere. And I, if we do or we don't walk next to each other for a while again, awesome. Either way, um, that I can't say enough of how many times I've seen uh, especially like, the, like I say, the sign of a true teammate is when you're like, you can depart, go on your own path, come back when there is an opportunity for alignment and say, yeah, I could jump in here. Like this is something that does serve mutually the goals and values that we've lined up for ourselves. And I'd love to be part of it again. And I always feel like those are the most rewarding relationships where they're truly, where we as individuals are truly leaning into our own set of values and our own set of qualities, the things that are important to us in our lives and saying, yeah, what I'm doing here lines up with my, my heart set, my soul needs, the things that I really value. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to quickly share about the when to move on thing. I also, just to quickly, because the other side of that is, of course, challenging ourselves in ways that we def we aren't necessarily used to or uh, don't have experience at whatever level. So there's a balance. You know, we always talk about the polarity, the polarity of this particular piece of the team conversation of moving on or letting go of something is this idea of when do we push and when do we elevate and when do we lean into an uncomfortable experience because it's part of maybe growing. So that's a different part of this subject, but I wanted to highlight it quickly to balance what I'm about to share. So when we put in a lot of time and energy, effort, resources into a team effort, there's this thing called the sunk cost fallacy. Have you ever heard of that, Jay? I've never. No, that's yeah. the first time for me. Yeah. So the sunk cost fallacy is basically this idea of when we 
have committed all those time, all that time, resources, energy, whatever, then we there's this feeling of, well, I better continue. Like you can't let go because it's a big giant waste. So it's like I have all this sunk cost. I've sunk all this, all this energy, resources, time, all this cost. So if I stop now, fuck, right? But that can that sunk cost fallacy can take people way, way further down a road that is not right for them. So it's not to just be like, oh cool, I have this idea of a sunk cost fallacy, so now I can quit. So I'm I'm the balance of this is it must be a mindful choice. You know what I mean? Um, because there's also this this book that I read by Seth Godin, it's called The Dip, and it's about strategic quitting. I actually encourage people to read it because I used to be that type of person and teammate where I was like, if I say I'm going to do something because my integrity, I, I hugely care about my integrity and my word. So if we think that we, when we say something that we have to forever for the rest of our lives do that thing, that is really, there's no freedom and no ability to pivot. There's no ability to reassess with that idea. So the dip is like looking at what is strategic quitting? I start something and I learn and it's maybe clear to me that this is not what I want to do or it's not the way that they say it in the book is funny. It's like, if you're not going to be the best in the world at this, then stop. <laughs> I don't necessarily know about that, but it's a, it's an interesting, <laughs> Jay's raising his hand. It's an interesting uh, idea that I think is valid and worthwhile to put into our brain to help us balance our decision making when it comes to teams and continuing or not continuing. You're hitting the nail right on the head. And I was I had just made some notes for myself regarding um, lifetime of a, of a project or a team or the term. And so the reason why I, I used two different terminologies, lifetime or term, was because I feel like one of the um, one of the greatest uh, tools, most powerful tools, there we go, the, one of the most powerful tools that we've used inside of a PD factory team and then inside of flight one has been an annual review process. And now this is a really simple thing for um, a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, a lot of groups use an annual review. But I, what I really think about it was for me with my experience inside of the factory team was that it came from the desire to want to look at our past, talk about all the goals that we had put up for ourselves, review how well we did at accomplishing our goals and really just have like a straight up debrief like okay we started the year with this list of objectives we finished the year with this list of performances how well did we execute on our set set of goals and then stop at that moment and go okay now i'm in this now we're each individually at this point in ourselves here's where we've reached the end of our commitment to this project and where do we find ourselves and what do we see for ourselves going forward and do we have goals for the future and what are they and do they align do we have agreement upon the goals going forward from this point in time and where do we want to make commitments as a group towards goals going forward and so just do the linear process and really keep it real right and 
most importantly, have real accountability to what we said we were going to do the first time, how well we actually executed on that, and whether or not we're happy with how those performances you know, ended up with what the results were to better determine what actions we take towards our next set of goals or mission or whatever things we're aligning for ourselves to go forward on. And I feel like this, I mean, it's, it's a interesting reflection that that's what I just came from this weekend was another one of these sessions where we gather everybody together and we sit and we talk about how well have we been doing? Are we happy with our performances? And here's where we think we've been failing. And here's where we think we've been highly successful. And here's where we'd like to have more alignment going forward on these objectives. And even for if we think of ourselves, you know, first and we go okay just me i'm just talking jay for a second here right like let me just separate from any of my relationship commitments from any with the team i have with mal at trust the journey let me separate from flight one or any anything and just be just me for a second and go okay jay how well what did you set out to do over the last year and just just take a quick stop and just assess myself and say, what did you set out to do this year? Okay, well, you planned this project that you're going to do. You planned this team thing you're going to do. You planned some house renovations. You plan to get better at doing these things, maybe cooking or exercising, or maybe I plan to do some growth work and, and then truly assess how well I checked off my boxes and be able to sit back and say, all right, am I happy with how well I did? Am I okay to make new new goals or do I have to keep some of the same ones that I have had in the past and how much space does that leave me for everything else that I need to have in my life or where do I need to reassess or evolve in my plans to better truly serve myself because I have to put myself first and now the reason why I say this very cautiously is I have to put myself first because I want to make sure that what I commit to others truly gets delivered. Yeah. Right. I want to make sure that if I, if I now take Jay out of my self-assessment and I sit into this team meeting with Mel and I say, Hey Mel, all right. So what's the trust the journey project got in store for you for the next year? What's it got in store for me? And we agree upon a set set of goals. If I overcommit myself individually before I commit into this team, and now I'm going to, if I, now that's going to set me up for failure in the team environment where I'm not going to be able to meet my objectives, then I was never honest with myself in the first place. And that didn't start in the team environment. It started in the individual environment where I really didn't do a clear self-assessment of my resources, my energy, my availability. And now I'm going to round out this statement, but the perceived alignment or investment into the team is where it seems like there might be a disparity, right? I can't tell you how many times I've been on both sides of this coin where I've said, yeah, I want to be part of this. And then I can't really deliver at the level that I want to. Or I say, yeah, I want to be part of this. And somebody else on the team who says, yeah, I want to be part of this too, has a completely different perspective or position towards what that means. And then we, we end up at that year later meeting going, well, this I didn't fulfill what I said I was going to, or you didn't fulfill what you said. So you hear where this is all going. Yeah. Yeah. The impact of saying 
yes without thoughtful consideration to our bandwidth and our reasons why we are doing that has huge negative implications for any team environment, AKA, I love that you brought up yourself because I was thinking that earlier as we were talking is this idea that I'm in a team with myself. I'm working with myself too. So it's like, how does integrity, how does, you know, assessment debrief show up in my life with my own little team here? And how do I hold myself accountable? You know, the integrity of, of commitment and accountability. It's interesting how for a lot of people that can show up so differently in the in their team with themselves. And I see a lot of uh, nurturers, and I can only speak to this because this definitely was me, the people pleasers of the world tend to have trouble in team environments at first because they, and I say this again from my own experience, I, I've had this experience of really wanting to say yes to people to please them, not having consciousness to that as a younger person, and then basically having the life experience of complete overwhelm, you know, eventual breakdown, stuff like that. A great example of that for me is I did a VFS team. When I first moved to Arizona, I did the, a VFS team a, a year on the team dysfunction. And it was this incredible opportunity. Those My teamies, oh my God, I love them so much. I, I, I just like, Pat, Travis, Jared, they were so much better than me. <laughs> like, so it was this amazing, beautiful silver platter opportunity to fly with them. And I'm, I'm grateful that I said yes, because I survived that experience, but it was excruciatingly difficult for me because I was so exhausted from other overcommitments, just as you said, that it was a true rigorous struggle. It had like truly what got me through that is, was my commitment and my integrity to to them and the and the commitment I made to them and how awesome and supportive they were and the contribution that they hoped that I could make for the team, which was, so I might not have been the best flyer, but I had a fuck ton of experience on belly flying and having structure. And at that point in skydiving, you know, three fly teams, as it were, didn't really have a lot of experience with structure and debrief and process. So I, I feel good that I was able to bring that to that team. And after the season was over, oh my God, freaking waterworks because they were so supportive of me and I felt like I was holding them back the entire time. And it was just a really rigorous experience, but ended up serving me in a lot of ways to learn those kinds of lessons. That's awesome. <clears throat> It's uh, I you were mentioning the you know the early free fly, and I was also in the same situation where I came from an FS background, but also started free flying in the mid '90s. So had the both uh, the both and situation, yeah. and the flow of uh, you know the free fly world of like flow, flow, fun, just fly. This all this is a huge value asset, 
right? Like that you cannot deny how important that is in any creative space, right? So if you're working to design the next cool iPhone case, or if you're making funny formations in the sky, having a creative process that allows for freedom and change of direction and expression, that's what really is where the magic happens. And at the same time, you need the structure to capture it all and to make sure that the work gets done and that the things actually follow through to completion. And to elevate the results, you know? I mean, the structure yes. really does elevate the result. Like, even just looking at us in our last annual annual review and our, our setting the goal of having better audio. Yeah. And, and then holding ourselves accountable to f making that happen. Yeah. You know, that's a simple, a simple example of that. But it has implication. Because I bet you a million bucks that a bunch of people or there are people in the world that started listening to our show and we're like, oh Jesus, I can't listen. I can't. I can't handle this audio. You know what For I sure. mean? <laughs> For sure, me. I'm I do one that of them. to other podcasts. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So, I I I like that we acknowledge the the impact of our decisions, and it's just usually highlighted in a team environment because we are being held accountable. I you just finished that off with the third time that you've said that word in like the last three minutes, <laughs> and I have it in bold capital letters with highlighter marker <laughs> circling and, and and filling you know highlighting it and i really I, okay so i just uh came back from this weekend of, of teamwork and you know my uh our company flight one we work with military clients we train military jumpers how to fly parachutes and We've been asking ourselves the question, going around the room one by one, what's the biggest thing you've learned from working with our clients? And the big word, the number one word that gets repeated by everybody is accountability. And it's 100% yeah. across the board. There, There's two words that end up re reflecting each other. So people say accountability, and they say that when you're completely accountable, when you say, I own that, I did that. That was the result, good or bad. I made this decision. This was the outcome. I completely stand here in front of everybody willing to accept judgment for that. That mirror is respect. The respect that comes back from your working group, from your peers, through 100% brutal facts, honesty, accountability, lets everybody be human. And it lets everybody own their mistakes confidently and own their successes confidently. But there's no need to put our successes up and be like, yeah, check out what I did. It's more like, no, check out what I did. Here's what I, here's where I erred. And now by owning it, by being accountable to it, taking ownership in this, we allow each other the room to be human, right? And that is I think the biggest piece in the whole puzzle is because we're never going to be mistake free. Nobody moves through any process without making a mistake at some point or another. And usually there's multiple mistakes through the process ongoing, right? Yep. It's when we hide them or when we try to pretend like they didn't happen. That's more, they say, the accurate. It's not really hiding. It's like, just kind of glossing over it like yeah maybe i blew a whole bunch of money on something that didn't work out and ended up being a big loss to our budget and we're just not going to say anything about that right by not saying anything you 
you degrade trust, you burn a hole in the trust of the people that we're working with. So, or if you, you know, you, you make a silly error and it puts everybody at, in jeopardy, puts the project or their goals or whatever it is in jeopardy, causes some kind of unnecessary risk or amplifies a risk that's already there, that's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. But man, that I have so... So here's, it's a three-piece structure, right? Accountability is number one. Respect is what you get back. And what's left at the end is the big word that we all want in our life. It's trust. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you, I, I respect you because you're always accountable for your actions. Because you're always accountable for your actions, I now trust you. Yeah. And how do yeah. you, and how do you, how are you accountable? How do you become an, an accountable person? Is you have integrity with your word and your actions. Your words and deeds line up. And when they don't, you get those things clear. You get back in integrity, as it were. That is just as much being accountable as is exactly executing what you originally said. You know what I mean? Because like you said, perfection is never, it's never going to be reality. And I'm glad you brought that up as well because Historically, in my experience as a person, as a quote unquote recovering perfectionist, as I have shared <laughs> a few times. Can I join I, that group? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I like to talk about this because if there are people listening to our show that resonate with or identify with this feeling of, oh, I probably am a perfectionist on some level or holy shit, I'm definitely a perfectionist at whatever range you might or might not identify with that. Watch how that might be keeping you from doing a team, from being on a team, because perfectionism will be uncovered and confronted in a team environment. It just will. And so that's a really amazing hells to the yeah growth experience. I cannot encourage it enough. Super invite all of the things I always say. <laughs> But I also can recognize that in my in my past choice choices, I would fear not being able to be perfect. And this is an unconscious thing that I've only really worked out with my elevated consciousness and deeper healing work that I've done over the last, you know, whatever number of years. It's it's very clear that that kept me from saying yes to working with other people longer than I ever would hope would want it to block someone else. You know, this is part of the notes that I had made earlier about um, one of the some of the challenges that come from working in a team environment is having to accept that everybody that you work with doesn't have the same set of ideals as you or the same approach to things and the same route to getting to whatever it is or the same end vision. Like, even if we have agreed upon the goal, my interpretation of that might be different from somebody else's. And what we're forced to develop as a skill when working in teams is patience. By The process is going to be simultaneously faster and slower, right? So true. Right? So in some ways, the group learning environment, it cannot be substituted. So simple enough. If I spend my time working in a group of half a dozen people, every time we do something, there's six, it's happening at an exponent of six, then 
it would take me six times as long to get through the whole process. So there's just not enough years in my life to do the same amount in such a short period of time. So the timeline to get through all the possible mistakes, iterations, completing all the possible tasks, whatever it might be, gets greatly reduced. And I'll use the example of my classroom, which very often is the case. I'll have half a dozen or a dozen people in a classroom and say 12 people all, all go up and make the same jump individually. They all try to land a parachute one after another, and everybody makes a little version of a mistake in some direction. Now, you made one, but there's 11 other people in the room. We've got 11 versions of mistakes of little details that you can observe relative to your one that you've made. Now we have 12 times as much learning going on. So we've yeah greatly reduced the timeline to be exposed to all the potential ways that things could possibly go. So that group learning, that team trying to reach a similar goal, a mission, you know, a value aligned objective can greatly reduce our individual timeline. But now I have to be willing to be quiet and be patient while 11 other people go through their learning process, yes. you, you know, and that in itself I'm going to like, Mr. Perfectionism is sitting in front of you. Okay. <laughs> I like, I don't have time to listen to you make your mistakes. I need to get busy accomplishing my goals. Oh my God. <laughs> so impatient. Oh my gosh. Right? Oh, oh I my. get it. Yeah. It's terrible, you know? And so, so true. I'm so grateful for how much I've learned about being patient because of the team environment and the true value is it really is tenfold that if I can now absorb everybody else's experience into my own and I don't even have to do anything except for sit here and listen the whole time and at the same time I get to be better become a better listener in the process god yeah it's so true I mean going back to the entrepreneurial uh, version of a team that so came up for me as I grew as a person is the un unwillingness or the feeling of I don't trust anybody to do it as well as me. Like that comes up for a lot of people. Oh, it's like, Jesus, girl, check yourself. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? I'm like, sure there yourself. are other people who can do it as good or better than you. <laughs> Exactly you right. Think so? Exactly seven right. Seven billion people on the planet. You're not the best at it. Exactly <laughs> right. And it's so funny how that shows up. And I feel like that's also part of like a defense mechanism of of not getting into, <clears throat> well, not not getting into something, but of wanting to control. You know. So like when we work with other people, we can't. I mean, shit. Theoretically. I mean, not even theoretically, just quite literally, we cannot control other people. So if you have a control tendency, and again, I'm sharing from my experiences of growth and <laughs> oh, being confronted with things inside of my own, <clears throat> excuse me, my own approach that don't work, that I have experienced as not working is this idea of, wanting to control everything in a team environment and, and and that has kept me from hiring teammates you know i've said this it's it's like i want that trust before i hire a teammate right so there's another side of that conversation of course in terms of trusted referral and this and that 
But it's not like that's a, a guaranteed avenue for trust anyway. You know what I mean? So it's really comes from that experience, right? That experience of, of working together and then it either works or it doesn't. You learn something and you move forward, whether it's together or apart. So I just want to highlight that because that's been a significant challenge for me in teams is choosing teammates. That's why when I talk about us as a teammate and I acknowledge you and I'm appreciative of your commitment and integrity and, and accountability and conversation around values alignment and, and all of the ways that you show up for our team, I'm very grateful for that because it helps me heal that part of me that's like, I can't trust people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You're, I kind of don't like you right now. <laughs> Perfect. Because Perfect. <laughs> you hit on the control button and I was like, no, that's mine. Don't touch that. <laughs> you know? So hard. Don't touch my it control sucks. button. It right? sucks. <laughs> it's, it is, I, I actually put stripes on it because it's like the big hazard button yeah. of like, do not touch this button kind of thing. Because I can't tell you how many times I see it in myself. I see it in my teammates. I see it in my partners. And that idea of always wanting to control everything. And then because of that feeling of like, oh, I, I, if I just do it all myself, I'm going to ensure that it meets my standard of quality. And I don't have to deal with somebody else having a different idea about the way it should go or having to have a tough conversation or ending up with a product that's not quite what I had envisioned and right. all the things that come along with doing it as a team. But reality is, and I'm just going to be frank with myself and with anybody listening right now or everybody listening, everybody listening, it includes me. I'm talking to myself right now. Okay. <laughs> If I don't give up control and allow my team members to influence the direction and the final outcome of the project, chances are a few things. One, it will never get done. Number two, it won't be as good as it could have been, right? If I let my teammates influence the outcome, it's probably gonna be better than it would have been if I did it myself even though I think that my controlling everything is going to ensure the best possible outcome. That's a yep. fallacy. That yeah. is completely wrong. Totally. Right? The greatest value gained from working as a team is the collective energy that goes into driving what is the final outcome of something because an individual perspective on something, a sole way of viewing it, isn't going to provide the most well-rounded deliverable at the end of the project, right? Because this, it's an hourglass. We all look at things from our direction and everybody looks back at it from their direction. And you can never see all the different possible viewpoints and perspectives on how it's going to look. And so when we get in this like tunnel vision of I got to control everything so it fits my version, what you end up with is something that only fits one version on the other side. Oh, right? God. It's... It's so not, a, it's just so, so wildly not as awesome. No. <laughs> like, yes. like, just straight up. One of the, the things that I wrote down, and this is so legit in every team experience, even the, even the hard ones, is that we can do so much more together than we can apart. We just, you know, and the, the true value, and you touched on this earlier in the episode, is 
what we actually get from our team experiences and doing the work of showing up with integrity, holding ourselves accountable, respecting the process, respecting each other, respecting ourselves, respecting our word, doing all of those things then delivers us a trust, as you pointed to, within those relationships that is, it, I mean, trust can be hurt, obviously, through future choices. So I'm not saying that it never goes away or can't ever go away. We have to continue respecting and honoring uh, those relationships and our integrity and, and respect of each other and all of those things, even when we're not in a team environment. Why I bring this up is that when we do that and when that continues, whether we diverge or not, that for me has become some of the best relationships of my entire life, like completely and totally. I had my housewarming party this weekend and my old friend, Lou Shoney, who was one of my first teammates and we were on many skydiving teams together and he's one of my very best friends. And we were, were reflecting on friendship and I consider friendship another version of team. You know, Great. Shannon Hernandez, yep, double Great. thumbs up. She was also at my, at, came up to visit. And she and I definitely, the way that we engage our friendship is, is very much driven by a core set of shared values, uh, communication, respect and integrity, acknowledging when we fuck it up, building from there, clearing it out, keep, you know, like all of those things show up in our friendship. And as a result, we have earned a human connection and trust that is wildly, wildly moving and valuable to me. So it was just very cool to have them in my space this weekend and just get to be like, yeah, shit, yeah, that came from teams and that came from our willingness to follow through and respect and love one another. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really nice to hear that. I'm so glad to see you supported by so many powerful teammates <clears throat> that really helps to make up who you are. And, and I can mirror that in myself that when I think about the people that are close to me in my life, who do I reach out? Like who's my five to seven people around me that are my really most important people? <clears throat> that's my primary team, right? Like that's my, I, I follow the personal board of directors concept of like, who do I have on my BOD? to say, hey man, what do you think about this decision I'm making for myself? Or I have had this idea, I think I'm going this way and you know, I call up one of my teammates, one of my best friends and I say, yeah, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And when I get positive reinforcement from people to say, yeah, man, that's a good idea. I really like hearing that from you. Or hey man, maybe you should think about this, you know, these like the directional shifts. And I can't say how much I value that, that team of friends that I have and family members. And it's just so important. Oh, so yeah. true. Is there anything else on your list that we haven't covered there was as one... we near the end? I, uh, yeah. I had, I had one word that I had highlighted that um, you, were you were touching on it with the concept of perfectionism inhibiting teamwork. Um, and it was delegation. Mm -hmm. And it was the letting go. I, the big thing, it's, it's letting go, right? It's letting go of the control. So they, the three pieces had together. It's like this perfectionism idea, which is like the downfall of everything. Like if I can't accept that it's going to be imperfect, then it's never going to be, it's never going to be achieved. Right. And then if I don't release some control, it's never going to be achieved. And if I don't 
delegate or allow others to have influence into whatever goal is trying to be accomplished, then it's never going to be achieved. And now we could be talking about making your next Sharpie marker, or we could be talking about developing ourselves spiritually, or we could be talking about building a house. It doesn't make any difference. These points are when we allow others to influence us and when we are allowed to influence others and working in this exchange of energy environment is when we truly get connection and connection vision aligned mission aligned goal aligned value aligned when we've got that going on this is where i think we find that happy happy quiet place in ourselves where we get to go yeah yeah look what we did look what we did together look what we're doing even better is look what we're doing together when you get to be in the moment of doing it and relishing in the process of doing it and there's that in the team context is so much i mean there's so much to say for that and i'll, I'll take it back to one of my favorite analogies i love climbing mountains anybody who's a listener already knows that and I love climbing them by myself, right? <laughs> I like to be walking up that mountain alone, you know, monk on a mission kind of stuff. But it is really, really rewarding to look to your left and have your friends there and to look to your right and to have your friends there and to be climbing that mountain together and to celebrate it on top with hugs and high fives and group photos and just relishing in presence, right, in that moment of achieving and pushing ourselves and i'm gonna send a little shout out to my friend sheree right now because she's doing a little recovery from a little break broken damage to herself recently nothing too serious but she did she'd hurt herself a bit but we did a, a mountain climb this summer and it was a tough one for her i mean she was challenged she was at the upper end of her range of like oh boy i don't know if i can do this yeah. and it took team you know, it took team to make that happen. And yeah. we've all been on either side of that, you know, of being the one that's like, oh boy, I don't know if I can do this on my own. I need a team, you know, yeah. or come on now, you're part of the team. We can do this together. Oh, I love that. And and sharing how those, both roles are so valuable, being the one helping others and being a supportive teammate and allowing others to help and support us. Like there is much courage and just life in both in both roles. And OMG, should we do team episode <laughs> number three? We know? weren't wrong, right? There's totally easy to do episode number two. God, it's crazy how much there is to talk about. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Uh, thank you. God, thank you always. Thank you for oh this gosh. team. It's a really one of my uh, highest uh, values. Yeah. I'm making heart hands for those of you listening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Legit, guys. And I actually consider us all a team as well. I do you too. Know, like the entire yeah. audience. Yeah. Like yes. we share this every week. You know, thank you everyone for listening and being a, a part of the Trust the Journey family. That's not just us saying a tagline. That's like legitimately, you know, our manifestation of creating a team with you all. So thank you truly for being here and with us. I'm going to echo that from the heart straight on that it would feel really weird to sit in the closet and be like, hey, thanks team for listening. 
The reality <laughs> is that thank you is going out to anybody who's on the other end of the line right now. It's yeah. that like, it's the radiant energy heading out through the airwaves around the planet. And I know that there are family members on the other side of the earth that are listening to this, that are receiving that thank you, and that they're smiling because they know that it's true and that it's honest and that it's real connection. And that the only reason that we do this is because of that. Absolutely. If anyone ever has any doubt, you are not alone. We are in this together. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And Go team. you know, and, well, yeah, go team. You know, that's so funny. I know Jay's joking because one of the hashtags I always put, and I do it sort of as a joke, but I don't do it as a joke. It is fucking real. Hashtag go team. Like, it's just a massive frame for me in this life, and I'm so thankful. And seriously, and we, we mentioned the Trust the Journey family, but you can join us there if you want. So reach out, drop us a line. If you have any questions about that, and we'll happily, you know, fill you in more on what that is and how you might, it might be a fit for you or not, but like, you're welcome. Just know that you're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, right on. So as we say every week, guys, remember, keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. <laughs>